Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uneducated Football Podcast. This is part of a series of podcasts along with the Uneducated Cycling, Uneducated Olympics and Uneducated Rugby Podcasts. Slightly different with this podcast is there will be some bad language, uh, so just be wary of that. This episode will be tackling transfers. We've split it into two podcasts because of the length as with the previous podcast. This was recorded pre-transfer deadline day, so be wary that some of the information on some of the teams like Ronaldo sale won't be relevant and included, but hopefully you will enjoy all the same. Thanks very much. So let's do Spurs. Um, the saga that keeps on happening is the Harry Kane situation. I think at the start of the summer when the Gary Neville interview came out, I was convinced he'd gone. I think I messaged both of you saying, yeah, 100% gone. Watch the interview. He's definitely going. Every single week that goes by, I'm less and less convinced. Um, yeah, do you think it will happen? And if so, how much do you think it will be? I don't know. I think at this point, like, no one's really in a position to comment because you're just going off. You're not really going off anything. Like at the start, it was like, yeah, Man City's interested. They've got the money. It's going to happen. But now it turns out they haven't got just unlimited money. They do have a budget in mind. And then, like, Levy seems to be set a different price. And then Kane has had this agreement with Levy and he is or isn't showing up to training depending on who you believe uh, and scheduled holiday that apparently he was aware of but the club wasn't <laughs> it's never happened before so it seems a bit bizarre uh, he obviously wants to leave Man City obviously need a striker so you think that the deal just happens but I don't know what the financials are behind closed doors the amount of different transfer amount figures I've seen flying around it changes every week like it was no more than 100 then it was 160 and then it was definitely 110 and then a bid was made for 120 or so and I don't know it's hard to follow I mean it makes sense I actually think Spurs probably best if they move on without him to be honest they can start building around Son more which has been successful so far I mean they've won both their games I think it's in everyone's interest if he just goes apart from Liverpool fans interest if he just goes to Man City, um, whether he will or not, I don't know. Yeah, I, think, I, just, I, don't, I just don't get why they don't sell him. 130 million they'd probably get for him. Yeah. I just I don't. Their whole team needs a revamp. Keeping Kane is not going to solve their problems. Getting 150 million ish to spend on your squad might. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I just don't get at this point it's almost like Daniel Levy's trying to get too much from the deal so he doesn't look like he's an idiot you know I I, I get there's an asset there you know that's definitely the case you know he's top goal scorer last season top assister last season that's the issue probably if it had been maybe the season before I think he would have easily gone I think it's the fact that he had such a good season last season that they want to keep him and with a new manager coming in and all those sort of situations but I 100% agree. I think Tottenham are getting to the better side of the deal almost, even though this is one of the best strikers of all time in the Premier League. Oh, I don't know about that. In the Premier League all time, yeah. How can you not? Far off that, I think. Have been... he, needs to win. he needs to win something. He hasn't won the Premier League, yeah. mate. No, but... He hasn't won anything. But Great Premier, Premier League. Premier League. All time, he's but, never won the Premier League. But the fact he's never... He might have that. The fact he's never won the Premier League, and we were discussing it before... And we said that he was in the top 10 strikers in the Premier League era. If he's there and he's never won the Premier League, he must be a top quality striker. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. agree to that, to be honest. I don't doubt he's a top quality striker. I just They've don't know been better. Yeah. I mean, I it's definitely the best he player Spurs have had. That's bar bail, possibly. I mean, that's not saying that. No. I agree with yeah, I don't know why they haven't sold him because I yeah. thought Levy's interest would be more financial so unless he's literally trying to squeeze as much money as possible yeah. to the final day of the transfer window I don't know why because he's obviously had this agreement with Kane so Kane's not even going to want to play and even the most stubborn Spurs fan is probably going to have to accept that you know they did have a chance they're in the Champions League final against another Premier League club and Kane played in that game I know he slightly was injured for that game and they also were top of the league at Christmas last year wasn't it and the Christmas last year yeah so you know they've. I, I would as a Spurs fan you'd probably just have to say it was an opportunity missed like yeah. for yeah. this era of Spurs players they're going to have to rebuild well, you've honestly... I mean they've got closer than a lot of other teams 
you've almost got to do what's, what what Liverpool did when we sold Suarez. You know that was we had the chance with Suarez to win the league. We didn't manage it. We raked yeah. in what was exactly. we raking at the end? 80, 85 mil. Let him go, and then you bring in a horde of new players that live up to expectations. You know, imagine if they brought in the new Sadio Mane or something like that to support Son. It'd be perfect for them. Um, yeah, they're never going to get as much money for him as they will this summer. And then he's a year older. He might then have another injury this year. And then there's the World Cup next summer. So Man City will then lose him for another few months in the middle of a season. So it's kind of like, this is, this. it has to be that Daniel Levy's just holding out for the biggest bid that he can get and he'll accept it. Mm-hmm. I don't if, see if they, it anymore. If they've offered 120 million and he said no, they're off the rocker. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I because think... for me, it has to be. It's gonna. It has to be big. So it's gonna be over a hundred million, and it has to be more than Grealish, just because of the yeah. like the stature of the play. It doesn't really make much sense for it to be less than a hundred. But I feel like anything over one hundred and ten has just got to be like an instant deal, surely. Because he doesn't even really want to play for Spurs anymore, no matter what he's saying. I mean, that whole thing about him never missing training, he's always a committed professional. He is a committed professional, but there's no way there was like a misunderstanding <laughs> between him and the club where he just wasn't going to show up to training. Because they Spurs reported it themselves, like, oh, yeah, he's not shown up. But he was saying that it was always planned he wasn't going to show up. I mean, that's just bullshit. That was a lie. So, yeah. so he clearly doesn't want to play. He was clearly trying to force something. He'll save face if he has to, but I would imagine they're not going to get the same cane as no, one that we're to say So we'll see. What it's done is it sort of hidden the other bad deals that have gone on at Spurs, in my opinion. They've sold Alderweireld for three million. This is a centre-back who's in the contract in 2023. He's got another two years left on his contract. He's just been starting in the uh, Euros for Belgium. I don't understand how they've only sold him for three million. I'm not sure about this Brian Heal coming in I haven't seen anything of him playing I don't think either of you have either but they've signed him for 25 million and let Lamella go the other way so he must be one hell of a player to be that worth that much money surely yeah well it's, it is ridiculous I think they've the only one they bought ish is the centre-back for Argentina but even that I'd never heard of him before yeah, neither have I America and they bought another South American centre-back which they don't really have that good of a, like, Yerry Mina. He hasn't worked out very well for Everton. Sanchez at Tottenham hasn't really worked out either. No. So for £45 million, it seems it, like a hell of a gamble. Yeah, They've not been linked to anyone else either. So say if Levy yeah. waits till the last moment to sell Kane, surely that they don't have the funds the time to spend the funds that they would get from Kane. That's why I'm like more leaning towards the fact he's going to stay, is that Spurs aren't spending any more money. Yeah, the, the only other deal I've seen recently has been a swap deal with Ndombele and Tolisso. Oh, yeah. Bayern Munich want Ndombele, basically. Yeah, and then, but I think Spurs have turned it down. And I'm very confused about that, because yeah. they, they also won't... They're not picking Ndombele. Ndombele's not in the squad. Maybe that's because Daniel Levy, isn't it? They want more money, and he just thinks he can do that. And they'll be they'll be left with having half a squad who don't want to be there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think there's a bit of a mess going on at Spurs, and the fact that what's going on at Arsenal has made it seem slightly better in Spurs. But actually, Arsenal have gone out there. Whether or not you think they're good or bad buys, Arsenal have gone out there and bought players. None of this this matters if Spurs do well. No, I, I, yeah. what, I know. Kane, what counts is if Kane stays, stays twenty p, but then win the league. No one's going to care. They sold them for twenty p. They're not from a Spurs fan perspective. They're not. They're not. They're not going to. They're not going to win the league. No, no. But I mean, like, I, I agree with you. It seems bizarre that they've had a questionable transfer period so far. A weird policy with which players they've gotten rid of and which ones they bought in. Yet also, they've played. They've had a hard game away from home and they've played Man City and they've won both of them without conceding. Yeah, fine. but Oh, but it was slightly... Both of those games, they shouldn't have won. Yeah, I know. But when you watch the, the games, they, they should not have won. Have. They were very, very fortunate. Yeah, that, it, I, I think it, there'll be a point where they were play, they're playing very similar to the way that Jose Mourinho did when he was successful. 
and then they lost a few games, the crowd suddenly go, oh, it's really boring to watch Spurs. So Nuno then has to change it, go more attacking, and then they lose even more games. It'll be the same yeah. thing. No, I, I don't think they're going to do... I don't think they're even going to get top four. But, like, it's difficult to criticise right now because yeah, they're doing... because they're winning games. Well. Yeah. If they keep it winning, you know, uh, keeping up a winning streak, even when everything behind you is a disaster, Yeah. I mean, that that's good. No, you can do it. Yeah, you're right in that essence. I just think what is likely to happen with Spurs is what seems to happen every season with Spurs is the wheels come off at one stage. Every single season, yeah. around Christmas or just after Christmas, the wheels come off, things go peak tong, they have a really bad spell where they can't get a win at any old how. It talks about the manager leaving. That's what happens every single season. And I can see it happening again. I don't think Heal is the guy to change things. They've signed a goalkeeper on loan, Gallini, who, yeah, he's got good potential, but he's not going to usurp uh, Lloris this season. Romero is a good signing on loan, but again, not the world-class centre-back they probably needed. But the expectation for them is lower. Yeah, it is this year. Much, much lower, I think. Well, I think they're in prime position to get in the top six and get a Europa League position out of those teams ahead of them. Well, I think, well, based off what you just said, they're not in prime position. I think that I think they should be in a better position than West Ham to do it. If you if they bring in that hundred and twenty million, they're in a better position than West Ham. Yeah, I know, but that's this and buts, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think it is because you've got a choice there. Yeah, it, hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. Well, it's not like when they get the hundred twenty million. It's if they get the hundred. Well, even million. if they don't get the hundred twenty million, I think they're in a better position than West Ham because they've got Harry Kane. So either way, I think they're in a better position then. I don't think having Harry Kane will do much. He'll score goals, I guess. But I don't think he's going to get them to the top four or push them above Leicester. They've got Eric Deer at centre-back and Tangana at right. They're fucked in the long term. (laughs) I think Tangana could be a good player. But like right now, you're talking about if they keep Kane, look at their defence compared to... Chelsea and everyone else they've got a chance yeah I'm pretty sure his name is Tanganga not Tanganana (laughs) but yeah (laughs) close enough close enough yeah Um, yeah, I I agree with you I think Eric Dyer has been stealing a living for years Um, uh, let's go to Man City then after going for Spurs we've discussed the Harry Kane deal briefly discussed Grealish 100 million for Grealish is overpriced but will fit in well at that team he'll be changed in and out the, the normal sort of rotation policy that Guardiola has. Do you think there are other gaps in their side? And I'm thinking left back. <laughs> Bar left back, are there any other gaps? Striker. No, not really. But yeah, apart from striker. Striker and left back, that's about it really. Yeah. yeah. I think hundred million is a lot for Grealish, but not really relevant when you're Manchester City. Yeah. And not bound by the normal principles of uh, financial <laughs> But conflict. to be fair to Man City, they sold Sane for sixty million two years ago and just replaced him with Grealish so they spent 40 million and I would have said that's a bit of an upgrade going to Grealish from the way I've seen Sane play over the last yeah. year or so the way, the way Sane played in the Champions League he was terrible last season yeah um, I still don't know about Man City this season I don't know I got a feeling I, so they, the way they played on the weekend no I, I watched they played two games on minus eight goal difference <laughs> They've got Leicester and then they've got you. They're going to be like minus 15. It'd be a miracle if they score. Because <laughs> I, I didn't think Man City were that impressive against Norwich. I um, thought they were good. Norwich was like, bad. You know, though, like yeah. usual, like 5-0. I was just sat there like, not. I mean, what am I watching? I think, yeah, With we don't want to go into too much detail of the games, but I, Daniel Farker did say four of the goals were exactly the same came down our left, pass inside the full-back and across, across the box. That's what, that was basically how the game was won. And that's why Jesus had a great game playing out the wing. Um, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't think he'll be happy there if he stays there permanently, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, the Premier League isn't their priority, though. It isn't. No. I don't think. I think Pep will obviously never say that and he will want to win it and win everything. But if they come second or third in the Premier League but win the Champions League it will be a successful season. There's a big gap in their team, though. Like, I feel like, obviously, Man City's strength and depth is like, it's not even close to being matched by any of the other three contenders, United, Chelsea or Liverpool. I don't think there's any qualms about that. But in the same way, they're the only team out of the four that just have like a massive hole. 
in yeah. their team is that they just don't have like a quality striker and they their left back uh, situation yeah. is weird. Like I don't count moving your right back to left back as an appropriate. They need like a solid left back. They need a solid uh striker. I mean you could argue that the same is true for Liverpool. They need a solid centre mid. I think that's probably fair. But I like Chelsea and United on the other hand, other than United needing a new manager <laughs> I think both of them have got like perfectly good 11s that aren't missing anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think Man U got a solid side. I think they could do with a world-class CDM, but that's that's just my like, opinion. That's the way for the Champions League. Those are the facts. Yeah, uh, they need a left-back. They've been rumoured with Teo Hernandez. They've been rumoured with the young lad at uh, Sporting. Is it uh, not Tavares? Because that's when you went to you. I can't remember the, the guy that's on about... But they need someone. Teo Hernandez would be the perfect option, considering he's had a good couple of seasons. Yeah, it's not a priority for them, though. It should the be. The striker is. The left the striker. Well, no, okay. Everyone said this about them for the past two or three years with that, and they've won two Prems with Zinchenko. Yeah, but they also lost the Champions League because of Zinchenko. Yeah. They lost but... the Champions League final because Zinchenko's out of position doesn't come across the cover. You know, that that's the truth. No, yeah, but if and you stick in Cancelo's Grealish or Kane into that team in that Champions League final, I think they probably would have won. It's just one mistake and then have it scored and they just felt like a Champions League where everyone was shitting themselves and Tuchel yeah. was like just a yeah. And because Man City have got this taboo thing about not winning it, once they went behind, they never really recovered. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Um... But that's another that's conversation. So yeah, they've had a decent window so far. They need a striker. They'll probably get one. That's about it, really. It's yeah, easy. I think they will. Yeah, I I agree with you there. A side that have just signed a striker is Chelsea. Romelu Lukaku, you know, I think it's a hundred million. I don't think that's overpriced. I think that's a fair price for what you're getting, which is a striker who's played in the Premier League previously, played well in the Premier League. I know his spell at Man U wasn't the best, but he's brilliant at West Brom, brilliant at Everton. He's had a great Euros. Is is he the final cog in that Chelsea team to make them the favourites for the title? Or is he just to put them right up there? Currently, favourites. Yeah. Probably favourites, yeah. I don't think their centre-backs are as good as some of the other team centre-backs. But the rest no. of that team... Is in, they haven't got the best players in each position. But, I mean, they've got a very solid midfield. One of the best... Front threes. I mean, the fr- all the front threes are so good. There's nothing really in between them. It's more personal yeah. preference and bias. Um, but like Rudigan, Thiago Silva is pretty good. It's like they're not as good as Van Dyke, probably not as good as Varane or Diaz. So there's like some gaps there, but I think they're definitely favourites as it stands right now. Yeah, I would put them as favourites. And they don't really need to sign anyone else, I think. No. I think there's a case to be made that they could have probably challenged for the title without Lukaku. So adding someone that good is not really going to do them any harm. Yeah. No, and if you think of it as a sort of, was it a 60 million swing with Tammy Abraham going going to Roma? It, not really. <laughs> you know, you're getting... And it's not money stuff. They, yeah, they from a balance point of view, if you work it yeah. out at the end, you work out... But I mean... Doesn't really feel like they've only spent sixty million on Lukaku. They bought him for hundred million. They also sold Abraham. I feel like they're separate events. I think they well, would have kept Abraham even if if they bought. They were buying Lukaku. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, nice. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not arguing that they needed to sell. I'm not arguing that they needed to sell Abraham to buy Lukaku. That's not what I'm arguing. What I'm saying is, if you think of it in the grand scheme of things, it's actually the grand scheme. <laughs> grand scheme of things, it actually doesn't look that badly to get you know. Lukaku for sixty million and lose Abraham. It was a bit of a deadwood there. He wasn't really doing anything. So you're getting a striker who I'd be stunned if doesn't get more than twenty goals this season. Lukaku, the way he bullied. Well, we don't want to get into it. But the way he bullied Barry. That was not a fair match. <laughs> no, it was always going to happen. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. It was it's really a bit like nothing to do, but it was just not a fair matchup. Will he get twenty goals? Probably. Is he going to be top scorer? I'll be quite interested though to see if he if Tuchel does the same thing as Pep in terms of do they when it gets a little bit of the Champions League, will he 
sacrifice Lukaku in the Premier League and play him in the Champions League and play Timo Werner in the Prem? Well, he play both or Lukaku in both. I just don't. I don't think Lukaku can do that much football. I think he'll do the I other way around. I think Luke, yeah, no, Luke I will try I and top it. Prem is a priority this year, not the Champions League. I think Prem's a priority. Yeah. I I would actually not be surprised if they went out early in the Champions League because it's really hard to motivate yourself. I'm only saying this because I'm a Liverpool fan. But it's hard to motivate yourself the year after you've won it. Other than that Real Madrid team, which obviously was unreal, most teams struggle to do it again. I... But hasn't Lukaku won the Premier League? I, if I was him, I'd be coming there to win. No, yeah, it's not really, really going to well. happen to win, is it? When, yeah, but if he's leading I mean, the line, he, that yeah, motivation gonna, might be still be there. Like, but yeah. from like a, a manager's point of view, in terms of selecting the teams, I feel like they're probably, if there was going to be any kind of lean, it would be more towards the Prem. But actually, it's probably Abramovich yeah. giving them instructions. Abramovich yeah. would have said like they're equally important, or go for this a bit more. I don't know what he would prefer, to be honest. I would. No, me neither. The one thing on them this season is if they are going to try and compete on a couple of fronts, I think they could do with one more midfielder. You've got Jorginho, Kante, and Kovacic. You haven't really got another member there. It was uh, Billy Gilmore, but he's gone alone. They could possibly. You missed out, mate, Mount. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he plays more as a cam for them as it stands. If he if they want to move him back to centre mid, that's up to and them. And you've got four midfielders. But he's not really a centre mid. Play they play with two holding midfielders, and Mason Matt isn't really a holding midfielder. That's, that would be my argument on that. Yeah. I think they could maybe do with an extra one. one. I don't think they need another one. I think they could do with one more, but that's that's literally being I mean, as they, picky yeah, as possible. They could, do, they, could, they could do with one more. I mean, Man City could do with Haaland and Kane. I don't know if it's. I wouldn't call it. It'd be difficult to bring in a centimetre to say you're the fourth choice. Oh no! I, I can. Yeah. Be, this is just me being as picky as you can be, to be honest. Um, but that would be the one position I'd say. Nice to add one as well. He can do a job at CDM. One of the hardest prospects in world football. Who? Ethan Ampadu, mate. <laughs> well, he is still there for the time being, so I don't know what's going on there. But oh, we'll see. Genuine comment. Maybe here first. Maybe, maybe. Um, let's move on and from they there. Lost then. his cheek back though, as well. Yeah, but he's not going to play, is he? Yeah, but if they need a fourth one for the League Cup, he's, he's also more of a cam. What? what? He's not. He is. No, what are you talking about? He's a physical centre mid. He's not more of a yeah. cam. That's great. Just because he, he played there for Fulham, he played there for Fulham because Fulham was shite. So. Yeah. A good centre mid makes a great cam at Fulham. That was that's not where he plays though. Maybe. I disagree. I think I do think he plays further forward. I think they need a holding midfielder. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, Liverpool. We've mentioned it several times. There is a gap. The gap is quite clear in centre midfield. There's a lot of options there. I think it's just a lack of proven quality in a Liverpool shirt. Um, you know, Fabinho, Henderson, and Milner are great players, but Henderson will get injured, and Milner can't play as much because he's you know thirty-five or however old he is now. Um, Cater is not proved himself in a Liverpool shirt. Thiago's not proved himself in a Liverpool shirt. Ox has had a couple of seasons where he's not been at his best and always injured. And then you're looking at the likes of um, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott. Who are you know very young, both promising, but I don't think they're the answer either. So, who is the answer to the question? Yeah, of who fills in that one Adam spot? I, don't know. I think the reason we haven't signed one is because there's not one available that fits into the kind of player we need. We don't want to sign a young one who's not proven himself, like you said, in the prem because it's counterintuitive. We've already got two players like that in Jones and Elliot who are going to train up. Got Thiago and Fabinho. Thiago struggling to kind of fit into the system. Fabinho being an exception, the fact that he's perfect in every way. Um, <laughs> we need uh, basically someone around the 20, 27 to twenty nine mark, who's an experienced centre mid, Champions League quality. And there aren't any of those on the market, especially not with what is it, two, three weeks left of the transfer window. Um, I disagree. What, with that. There are some out there. Yeah, I disagree. I think there are. 
Like, I'm, I'm unavailable. Like, I don't doubt these players exist, but you can't. It's so like FIFA, you can't just buy whoever you want. So, yeah. mm, they could have got it. Locatelli. No, yeah. I don't. Don't get me started. I don't. Just because you played well in the Euros, suddenly make you. <laughs> he's linked with bloody everyone. Well, he's, well, he's, gone, he's, to he's gone to Juve. Yeah, it's classic. A young Italian player who showed promise yeah. has gone to Juve. Yeah, but he's clearly a quality player. He is a good player. It's not just he's had a good Euros. He's had a good season as well. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been in that Italy team. Well, I, I don't think Locatelli is what we needed. I, I think Saul, Saul is a great player. I think he would have been a good player to add in. Um, we were linked with a couple of the Roma centre-mids. I wasn't too sold on them, but I know a lot of other people were. Um, Pellegrini, 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 very good. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened to these transfers. Like, yeah. I knew we'd been linked with Pellegrini and Sal, but they, I don't know what's happened to these transfers. I don't know how far we got in. I just see someone on BBC Sport in the morning that says, we're going for Sal or we're going for Pellegrini. And then two months do later, nothing's happened. Do you find with Liverpool... Over the past four or five years, you've bought players only after you've sold someone. So, like, Coutinho got sold, so you replaced him with Van Dijk and Alisson. You, it's almost like you don't. the owners don't want to spend more than they've sold. Because you haven't gone out there until you've sold someone. You don't then go and buy big. It's like this summer you haven't bought, you haven't sold anyone, so they're not spending any money. You spent thirty million on a centre back. Okay, fine, that was a decent buy. But everyone knows you need a centre mid. You've lost Genie, who was world class. You just haven't replaced him because you lost him for a free. If you'd have sold him for fifty million, I think they'd have gone out and bought someone. Yeah, they had that money. I, I think I think there's a case that we need a new centre mid. I don't actually agree with what you're saying about only going out and buying players when we've sold players because I think you look at a couple of the the players that we've sold. Um, Coutinho, for instance, and then you mentioned we bought in Van Dijk and Alisson. Well, they're not direct replacements, and also they were the positions. No, but I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't were... meaning replacing the position you've gone. It's just in terms of he doesn't spend money until he's got rid of some and brought some money in. No, but before I, he spends money, I don't think that's what he does. I think he looks at where we had gaping holes. We had a gaping hole at goalkeeper. He brought in a world class goalkeeper. The gaping hole at centre back. He brought in a world class centre back. Did the same thing for CDM with Fabinho coming in. Don't forget, he was about forty yeah, million yeah, as well. But no, no. My it's... point is, if you hadn't sold Coutinho, I don't think you'd have bought those players because he wouldn't have wanted to spend one hundred and fifty million without having brought in one hundred and fifty million. I don't think. I don't know if we would have had anywhere near that amount of money to spend. Is my first comment. Um, but I bet, bet they do. I, I think that's always the case with American owners to some extent that they do want yeah. to make a profit. You know, I think that's the case with Man U. Well, debate case with, with all owners, but yeah, nice. um, but I think I, I disagree with that. I think it's more of he goes out and buys, or they go out and buy specific players in specific positions when they are desperately needed. I if we went through this season, real, if we went through the season without buying a centre mid, I don't think we wouldn't get top four. Yeah, but you you're just aiming to get top positions that we need it, and then we've in agreement we need a centre mid, but we've not signed anyone. We've no, not been linked yeah. with anyone. But I think we could hundred percent get. Cent- I think we could get top four with the current centre mids we have, and I think then we're not aiming at top four. We're, we're, not good enough. we're on about transfers, and you said that we always sign someone when there's a massive hole. But we just said there was a massive hole, and we've not signed anyone. We haven't signed anyone. The neutral definition that, of what you're saying has not happened. No, but that's not what I'm actually saying. I'm saying it's a, it's not a huge hole. I think it's a, a huge hole in the short term. For the long term, I think long term, we are actually might be in a better position not signing a sentiment. I know that sounds really strange, but if we build up Harvey Elliott, we build up Curtis Jones, and they are good as people say, and I've seen a lot of Curtis Jones, I quite like him as a footballer, and Harvey Elliott, everyone's raving about, I think we'd be in a really good position. Well, how long How long are you willing to wait for Harvey Elliott or Curtis Jones? They're both, what, 19, 20? You'll be waiting three, four years for them to become in their prime. And then you've got your front three will basically all be 33. I'm, I'm not on wait. about... This, I'm, is, this I'm, is it for Liverpool. This next two, three years, you'll have Salah Prime, Mane Prime, Firmino Prime, Van Dijk Prime, Fabinho Prime. 
you can't wait for another centre mid. But and then yeah, you've got to compete with Chelsea, Man City. We're going out and spending a hundred million on strikers, and you guys can't even go out and spend fifty million on a centre mid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't I, think be proud left, I think you're being left behind. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I, sold though. I think I, I even say for instance, what, say for instance, we opted to play with two centre mids, which is still an option for us, and then played with our front four with Firmino. Uh, in in that cam position, that would be a great option. We've got great sentiments for that with Henderson, great. Fabinho, or Thiago, Fabinho, whatever you want to go with. But then, if you went with a three, you're talking about going uh, Fabinho, um, Henderson, and one other. Now, if you're leaving Thiago on the bench, which is fine, it needs to be a player better than Thiago. I don't. I would say Thiago at the moment is not a great player. Bayern Munich don't sell great players. They the don't. System. Why would we even talk about changing a tried and true formation when we could just sign another player? I don't understand how not signing a player would help the young player's development either. You have to practice. You have time for Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott to get good because, like Garen said, Van Dijk will be like 33, Salah will be 33. Those players will be gone and we'll just have a different set of problems. Obviously, I don't know what our transfer policy is going to be for the next five years, but I feel like it's just a no-brainer to sign someone. I'm I'm not as worried as some people are about it. I think, I yeah, I do see a point about waiting for those players. But in terms of for this season, could we still win the league with the current sentiments we have? Yes, I think we actually could. Maybe you disagree. Fair enough. Do I think we'll get top four hundred percent? Do I think we'll be challenging for some trophy this season with the current sentiments? Yes, without a doubt. Do I think adding, you're making the you're making the task harder for no reason. There's yeah. no reason why we shouldn't sign another centre-mid. I don't think we have any money problems unless they've been, unless they're all behind closed doors. There's not a single reason why we shouldn't sign another good centre-mid. Okay. You're right, we probably could win the league without it, but why, you know, okay. why would you handicap yourself? Yeah, yeah. okay then. <laughs> let's, let's flip it back to the original question. Was You said you didn't think there was one that was out there. Why would you still... Not, not with two weeks left of the transfer window and we've already gone through negotiations with two in Pellegrini and Sal, apparently, and it didn't work. I don't know who we signed. I was just offering an explanation as to why we haven't possibly been linked with someone since Sal, because after those two, I struggle to think of players we could sign that are available there's, that would fit yeah. into our system. There's one, other, I mean, there's one other I'd go for, which is Frank Kessie. I don't understand why no one has gone for him more because I think he's out of contract next summer. So if he's out of contract next summer, either everyone has gone, right, we're taking a blanket hold on Frank Kessie and we're just going to try and get him on a free, or there's something people don't like about him and I don't see what that is. I think he'd be great for... I think he'd have been great for Arsenal. I think he'd be great for Liverpool. I don't know why we haven't gone for him. Maybe he just doesn't want to leave. Yeah, is he available? But he's got one year left on his contract, and to me, that that is a he's not he's not signing a new contract, so he wants to leave at some stage. Yeah, you know, if he's not, if he's well, not, yeah, there, I think there are, there, but I think there are players out there that Liverpool could have bought. Goretzka is another one. He's only got a year left. You could have gone out and bought him. I think for fifty, sixty million, it would it would have been there. Goretzka would be perfect. Goretzka would be perfect. There are players out there that you could have gone and tried to get. And I think if you wanted to, Liverpool currently, one of the biggest clubs in the world, just won a league, just won a Champions League, still have that same team, have Klopp still as your manager. There's no reason for a player to go, I don't want to go to Liverpool at the moment. Yeah. And I think I think as well, you bring him back to the Thiago thing, you say... You know, Thiago hasn't lived up to his best form in the Liverpool shirt. I think there were signs towards the end of last season, but I will temper that with they were signs against smaller sides. Um, if you bring Goretzka in, you're likely to get the best out of Thiago possible. That is the best scenario. You've brought in the centre mid that made Thiago as good as he was at, in that Bayern side. He was. Just, Thiago you, was I incredible. Wouldn't keep, yeah. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't have said it, I wouldn't have phrased it like that, but... There's nothing wrong with being a small team player. I mean, Bruno Fernandes is making a career out of it at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. But yeah, I think 
I think uh, sentiment is definitely I, I don't see how, as Liverpool fans, you can be happy with what you've done in the transfer market this summer. Yeah, I'm, to be honest. I'm, I, on, I honestly... I'm not meaning that as a kind of... like no, Genuinely, no. I wouldn't be happy. You've got all your rivals all spending big money and you guys have bought a 30 million Leipzig centre-back who conceded five goals twice in the Champions League. He might be, he might be incredible. Oh, but, but but then, what it is. but then I'd flip it to say, and he yeah. wasn't even the best centre back at Leipzig. You bought the second best one. Yeah, but then you could say the same thing for Bayern Munich spending what fifty fifty million on the best one, who's conceded five yeah, in two Champions got, League at games. At least they got the best one. Yeah, but we we've, we've <laughs> he got wasn't one playing in a couple of them though as well. We've got he didn't play. He was injured. We've got one who can play right back or right centre back, and that's what we needed because we needed cover in that right back spot. Um, yeah. And also, it doesn't. I, I'm quite happy with all three of those options at right centre back, to be honest. And that's without mentioning Nat Phillips. Um, better not to mention him. Too. Yeah, better not. <laughs> I think what we have done quite well this transfer window is got rid of some of the deadwood. You know, getting rid of the likes of. I know we're Wells fans, but getting rid of Harry Wilson is a good piece of business. Just got rid of Shakiri, who, although I really liked in the Liverpool shirt, apparently Klopp didn't. It's a shame. The dead word that is outrageously harsh. <coughs> Who? Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson was. Harry Wilson no, was Liverpool. Deadwood in Liverpool. He wasn't. No, he's gonna, not Deadwood. Wasn't going to play. So there's no point <laughs> he's having never him. Play. So You're wrong. That's not the definition of Deadwood. He's a bench warmer. He wasn't even a bench warmer. He wasn't even getting in the squad. So he's he's Deadwood. Yeah. No, Sha- Shakiri. For some reason, Klopp didn't like him. Whenever I watched Shakiri play for Liverpool, generally, I thought he was brilliant. Could could change a game for Liverpool, but he's gone. I object to the on. use of the word Deadwood. It's not PC. <laughs> we need to get rid of Origi. The suit, you know, he's had some great moments in the Liverpool shirt, but they've gone. Um, and then we need. I'd, I'd like some more strength and depth up front, but I don't think it's going to happen this transfer window. I think sentiment is definitely well, a bigger priority. Didn't want any depth. I didn't say we didn't want strength and depth. I never said Signing that. Signing a striker may hamper the development of Jota, apparently. Jota. Jota will start ahead of that striker. That's the problem. We need someone we to, have, to back them up. We've got four top-quality forwards. We don't need another forward. Well, we do, considering we play with a front three. about another forward... We do. When we have the problems we do in midfield, and you said you were happy yeah. to let them no, because, go this season. Because, because centre mids, we've got about seven or eight. I've listed seven or eight. Yeah, no. front, Only front, two of them are good enough. Front three. We're good we, enough to win the league. Yeah, well, I don't, we, we, Thiago's had a bad... have got right. five or six centre mids. does not make them good enough. I don't think you do have five or six centre mids, but Thiago is, is a world-class player at his best. He may have gone past it completely. We don't know. It may have just been he had a bad season. He may have just had a bad season. I don't know. I'm just saying that with Thiago. Bayern Munich do not play. I will concede that Thiago is not world class if we apply the same rhetoric to Aubameyang. Injured or not. (laughs) Same rules apply. (laughs) Right. Let's move on then on that note. Um, Man U, I think everyone's raving about Man U's transfer policy and their signings this summer do you, do you agree with that assessment that it's been a great transfer uh, summer for Man U uh, yeah basically I think they have they spent a lot on Sancho they spent a lot on Sancho I think they had a great transfer window but the problem is that their manager's not that good because now they've got arguably joint top best team in the league they've got an incredible defence a world class midfield and absolute world-class options up front, and they're drawing one all to Southampton. Yeah. The manager's raising their performance after the game. I mean, I, I, I'm going to question the world-class midfield. I don't think Fred is a world-class centre. Def- yeah, there's a third member to that midfield, and they, that third member yeah, is not yeah, world-class. Well, on average, world-class, world-class shit is still average world-class. Fred and McTominay are not world class. I like McTominay. I think Fred's not good enough. Well, only one of them play. I agree with you. Only one of them. I think McTominay's a decent player, but Pogba and Fernandez. I think it's it's a world class midfield. Well, I, well, Maybe it, not good teams. well, in a lot of big games, they don't play uh, with one of the wingers. They opt for Pogba out wide because they don't trust him defensively. And as well, that brings me to the other like question: it. What do you do about Pogba, considering that? Everything is saying that he wants to leave. He goes on a free this uh, next season. Do you get rid of the season? 
and cash in, get 20 to 30 mil for him, or would you stick it out and hope against hope that he will sign a new contract? I think I'd it's keep him. nothing to do with the money. I keep him. I think if they keep him, they can win the Prem. If they lose him, they can't. There's the yeah. facts. Yeah, I think you're spot on. But I, I still can't see them winning the Prem this season. I don't see them winning. I thought it. they, I, I thought that they probably were who I would have put money on after the first game. I don't know what happens to them in the second game. The, the, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know if it just wasn't match fitness. But I was like, why is Marshall playing? He just wasn't yeah. doing anything. I don't think we'll see Marshall again, to be honest. No, no. He doesn't look good enough, does he? Um, no. But, like, it says something that the biggest moment I can remember from Marshall is his debut goal. I can't remember anything yeah, since. Pretty much. Like, there's nothing I that comes that, to mind. That was a goal against Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, there's nothing that comes to mind yeah. after that. I literally, no, no one moment that I think, oh, that was a sign of a world-class player. Yeah. Um, you know, Varane's a great signing at centre back. There's no doubt about it. He's, I think he's a fantastic player. Goalkeeping situation. Right. Goalkeeping situation is still a question, though. I think. Well, Henderson's decent. Day is rubbish. Not much of a situation. <laughs> Get rid of him. Yeah. He They're doesn't not- look confident anymore. I don't know what's happened to him. Honestly, it might be the steepest decline in a world-class player that I've ever seen in the Premier League. It, Literally uh, no. of a shadow of his former self. <laughs> I would top that with Alexis Sanchez, mate. <laughs> but he, he's just like, everyone's like, he's unreal, he's the best keeper in the world. Even Liverpool fans a couple of years ago were like, yeah, you can't argue with it. He's literally saving them in yeah. certain games. And now, every time the camera pans to him, like before a corner, he genuinely looks like he's shitting himself. Well, just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. The start. He wanted to leave. He wanted to leave, though, didn't he? Yeah. And I that think he just down tools. Who was it? Villarreal. They play in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. That is the worst goalkeeping performance in a penalty show I've ever seen. He literally <laughs> yeah. looked like you can be shit at penalty penalty saving though. Yeah, because it's a bit of a lottery. Be bad at saving penalties, but also make it so obvious that he was. Yeah. He's, like he, within the first like thirty seconds of the penalty shootout, you could have probably guessed if you've never seen him before. Does he not like penalties or something? Are they not for him? I just don't understand. Yeah, he's not he's wrong. He's He's rubbish at saving penalties. I think. I think you mentioned that he's had the sh- sharpest decline of any player. He had the, one of the sharpest rises because when he joined, he was shit. He refused to use his hands for about two years, and then all of a sudden he started being a really top quality player. I think he won. Back to back to back player of the year for Man U, which was brilliant. But yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. Well, with yeah, him. for a few years he was the only world class player they had. Yeah, I don't know if Henderson is the answer. Um, I don't see them winning the league with a side that will include in a big game Fred and David Gea. I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, but you say that last year they didn't lose many. Same team, and now you've got an extra world-class centre-back in there. Yeah, well, whether or not they won't lose any is not the problem. I think they will still lose games, and they were miles behind Man City last season. And yeah, they've improved, yeah. but Man City have improved, Chelsea have improved, Liverpool will have improved as well. I'd, I'd, yeah, if Man City have improved, to be honest, haven't they? No, they're well, just bringing Grealish really in. Good. Bringing Grealish in is an improvement. What they had yeah. previously. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but they just signed someone new, so it's not going to be a decrease in performance, is it? No, but I... And they played better so far. No, but, you know, we didn't mention, you know, when we're talking about gaping holes earlier, we're talking about a gaping hole at Man City, we're talking about that hole at Liverpool, and we said that you didn't think Man U had holes. Well, I think they do. Goalkeeper and CDM, I still think, are holes. I think Henderson's... Fine, though, they don't fine, play him, yeah. that's the problem. Solskjaer doesn't play him, he has some weird loyalty to De Gea, which makes it a situation when it really shouldn't be. And Fred has his moments, most of the time he doesn't look great, but he's all right. Yeah, he's all right. Win the league with him if the rest of the components in their team go well. Much for the same reasons as you thought we could win it if we don't sign a midfielder. I think the same thing applies but I think there's a whole. I, if they leave David Gea and goalkeeper, which they will, that's a problem. And even if they bring in Henderson, I think he is the weakest by far 
of those top four goalkeepers and will have a mistake in him this season? I wouldn't say by far, to be honest. I think obviously Edison and Allison are miles ahead of the others. But I don't understand how you can say Henderson isn't good enough, but Mendy is. Because Mendy was brilliant no, last season. Henderson's not good enough. We don't know if he's good enough because we haven't seen him fucking play because Solskjaer won't ever play him for a long period of time, which is what a keeper needs, which is the only reason why I'm saying Mendy's better. He won the Champions League as well. M- Mendy was brilliant last season. I don't know how you could not say Mendy is better. Mendy, is, not, Mendy, I Mendy, Mendy was one of the best Premier League uh, goalkeepers last season. One of the best Premier League goalkeepers in the first season has been in a long time. Yeah, no, he's good, but I don't think he's he was near as good or Addison, Edison or Allison. No, he, he wasn't as good as. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said Henderson's that far off him. I think disagree. Mendy for me was very solid. I don't think he was anything special like Addison and Edison are. Well, Henderson... I think Mendy's better than Edison, personally, but that's that's irrelevant. I, I also don't think that Henderson's been given enough game time. Gowing no, may well be right. You give him four or five stretch of games and suddenly he's playing really well and then you're like, well, yeah, Henderson is just as good as Mendy. But nobody actually knows because like they play him now and then and he has moments of magic or he doesn't do that well or you play him one game and you've rested him for five and then he makes a mistake and everyone's like, Sassy, we can't play him now. That's not how it works. You need consistent play time. Yeah, but this is the thing. I think Romero was playing well for Man U and they wouldn't play him because they kept on with De Gea. I don't see them changing that for Henderson just because he's English. It's not going to change. So I think it's almost an irrelevant point now because they, they clearly don't like they clearly don't like Henderson. To be honest, I'd rather see Tom Heaton in goal for Man U than De Gea. That's not going to happen. Well, I don't think they can like him because if they didn't like him, they would have sold him for like 40, 50 million last summer. Well, no, there's a benefit to having a second choice goalkeeper who's English, though, isn't there, for all the um, qualification processes? I think that's a bit of a stretch. We're trying to claim that the only reason that Henderson is even in the Man United squad is so that we meet. Yeah, I don't think Man U have to worry about that. He's homegrown. He's homegrown. Half of their starting eleven, half of their starting eleven are homegrown. It's not the same problem. The man, it's not, man it's not quite, quite as true as it is, as you say it is. There's only, is there's only, there's only, th- there's only three that are homegrown from Man U. Luke Shaw, Wan Bissaka, from Man U. But he still counts as a homegrown. Player. Not as a homegrown Man U player from Man U. No, it does. So that's not in the rules. It is. It's homegrown. It is from the UK. No, it's not just the UK. It's the club as well. It's so, so, all right. So, actually, now I'm not going to. It's so ridiculous. Let's just move yeah, on. It's not a thing. Else. It is beneficial to have a homegrown second row keeper. I think that's why they've left him there. I'll st- stick with that's that. Ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. I don't want to think that's outrageous. It's true. <laughs> Hang on, I'm not going to change they're my mind. Gonna, it's they're not going to sell him if they've got an option to keep him and they've got a second choice goalkeeper who's quite decent. But he's also homegrown, so they don't need to sell him. But they clearly, clearly, they don't rate him above to hell. Absolutely nothing to do with whether or not he was homegrown. Oh, I guarantee it has. At the minimum, why, would, why didn't they just sell him and bring in like Ben Foster? Because Ben Foster is clearly not as good as Dean Henderson. Well, that's, that's if you're saying he's keeping Dean, him the Dean, same Dean Henderson is what, Dean Henderson is what twenty five. Ben Foster's thirty five. They're not going to bring in a 35-year-old keeper to replace a 25-year-old. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but they brought in Heat, so... Yeah, it's the third-choice keeper. I think yeah. it's ludicrous what you're saying about Henderson, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's one of the reasons they've left no, him there, is because he's homegrown. It, they, they, they guarantee there's it. There's no way to prove it. Realistically, engaging our brains, the most likely scenario is that there's some loyalty between De Gea and Solskjaer and he feels that it's less risky for him to give De Gea the gloves for the rest of the season until his contract runs out because there's no point disgruntling a major influence in the dressing room. I think that's probably uh, yeah. the most likely scenario. Well, maybe that is the scenario, but they should just sell De Gea because he's not very good. Yeah, well, they're not going to keep him as second choice. It would make any sense to sell him. I mean, he is quite high on the wage budget, to be fair. But like I said, there's that loyalty. Yeah. 
to screw. I, I assume loyalty. I don't. Know I think I think they don't rate Henderson for some reason, and they don't want to sell him because it doesn't make sense for them to sell him for several reasons. But they don't rate him. That's why they're leaving him on the bench. I don't know. I think it could just genuinely be Solskjaer's lack of managerial common sense. <laughs> yeah, but I doubt with the keeper. To be fair, I doubt he will take. He will ask the keeping coaches, and they will say De Gea is better. I doubt Oli Solskjaer is watching the keeper trainings. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I doubt training. Yeah, true. <laughs> I I think if you just watch the games, you could tell De Gea isn't as good. But maybe that's just me. But Wow, Henderson doesn't play. This is what I was saying. Yeah, no, but he he, when he played for Sheffield United, he was better than De Gea in a Man U side. But for a goalkeeper, you can't just plop him in and watch him for one game. It's the most irrelevant thing ever. You know, no, but, a goalkeeper has a 10-game block and Henderson hasn't had one. But, but I'm, going back, I'm going back a season or so when Henderson was playing in the Sheffield United side who, without him, were relegated, was brilliant oh, mate, for them. Different pressure. Brilliant defence. Different pressure. It might be different pressure, but you're still coping against it with a worse defence. He had a worse defence there than yeah, De Gea had last season. Pressure. It doesn't matter if he concedes a goal, whereas it, it's the end of the world if you concede a goal for Man U. It's a completely different. You've seen so many. Ben Foster, the same thing. He went to. He was at Watford. He was amazing. Man U brought him in. Everyone's like, this is it. He's England's number one. He'll move on, push on. He couldn't handle the pressure. It destroyed. It almost destroyed his career, didn't it? He was going to quit football because he could not handle the pressure. There's been so many keepers that have had that. It's a complete to be Manu's number one for the, the for the keepers that they've had. Is a huge pressure. I yeah, it's, it's definitely pressure, but I would... and a massive difference to playing for Sheffield. <laughs> but yeah, oh no, definitely. But I would also argue that it's not like De Gea's coping with the pressure. He did for five or six, seven years. But he's not now. No, but maybe they're hoping he'll get back to it. So, yeah, let's close it off then. Um, out of the teams in the Premier League, who do you think have had the best and worst transfer windows? Um, Guy, I'm going to come to you first with your best. Then let's go to Yay, and then we'll do the worst. I think Manu have had the best. Okay. Yeah. Mm, just over Chelsea. Just. Yeah, I'm going to go Chelsea. I think the crack is going to be the difference maker this season. I think I'm going to go Villa. I think they've had the best transfer window, considering what they've lost and considering what they've gained. I think they've had a brilliant transfer window. And then worst... Burnley, 100%. They've not signed anyone that's going to help them in their situation. They're fucked. They're going down. Doing, doing nothing does not make it a decent transfer. So, yeah, I agree. Everybody, yeah. Whatever, everybody wants them out. I've had enough of them. They're boring to watch. They offer nothing. The only redeeming feature is Sean Dyche, who just gets like dragged through the shit every season. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to watch them play. You'd much rather have teams like Brentford or Norwich for the 15th time coming back up and playing other than Burnley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fuck Burnley. I think there's a lot of teams that have had bad transfer windows, though, to be honest. Arsenal. Liverpool, I'd say, have had a bad transfer window. Yeah. Well, but yeah. we, yeah, we have. But I'm at least, I'm, I'm happy we've spent money. Yeah, yours has been bad. At least, at least we've spent money and we're trying, but yeah, always. Your second 11 transfer window has gone well. Yeah. <laughs> right, anyway, thanks, boys. Thanks very much for this. Um, and hopefully we can do another one sometime next week. Just listening. All the best. God bless.